0: This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB
1: underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glynn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glynn, and this is episode 38 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And, of course, you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, such as episode 35 with Anthony Ashnault and Nick Soriano, episode 31 with Jerry Carino, episode 20 with Todd Frazier, or any other, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at onthebanks.com. It is crazy how fast this Rutgers athletic year has gone. It seems like only yesterday we were preparing for the start of football season, and now baseball and softball are coming to the end of their years. You know, big things have happened this year, and the years to come are looking much, much brighter going forward. For all the coverage as various programs prepare to end their season and also prepare for the next year, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. I am super excited to be joined on the podcast by the head coach of Rutgers softball, Kristen Butler. If you remember, Coach Butler came on before the season to really introduce herself to the Rutgers fan base. If you go all the way back to one of our first episodes, episode three, you could tell from the beginning that Coach Butler had a plan. She had the results at Toledo to back up her plan, and she had the confidence that she could get this program turned around. We thought it would take a few years, as any rebuilding program does. We certainly did not expect this kind of success for the softball program this early in her tenure. With three games to go, Rutgers sits at 26 and 22. They have clinched their first over 500 regular season since 2015, have already clinched their first Big Ten tournament appearance for the first time in three years, and have tons of momentum going into the final games, and into Bloomington for the tournament in about a week. They currently sit in 6th place. They have 3 games to go against Michigan State, and they are so close to locking up that number 6 seed. You know, we talk so much football and basketball. We speak with so many famous alumni. The Olympic sports, a lot of times on not only my, my podcast, but a lot of podcasts, they don't always get their due. You know, I've tried... By having many of the Olympic sport coaches on, Meredith Civico, Joe Leterio, Kristen Butler twice, Jim McKeldry, the new soccer coach, I have tried to give these teams the credit that they deserve, and I've tried to allow you fans to hear from the coaches and allow the coaches to really introduce themselves to the fans. It's only year one under Coach Butler, and this softball team, it's vastly exceeded what many thought they can do. It's crazy that in year one, all the success has already come their way. They've transformed from underdogs to favorites in less than a season. And now they have their sights set on bigger things. They have their sights set on doing damage in the postseason. Time to talk to the coaches. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. In her first season on the bank, she has led the Rutgers softball program to its first 25-win season since 2015 with further opportunities to increase that total After beating Indiana on April 28th, the Scarlet Knights moved into sixth place in the Big Ten with three conference games to play and Rutgers clinched a spot in the Big Ten tournament for the first time in three years. I am now pleased to be joined for the second time on the podcast by the head coach of Rutgers softball, Kristen Butler. Coach, glad to have you back on again. Thanks so much for giving me some of your time.
0: Thank you so much. Excited to be on again.
1: So, Coach, let's just look at the big picture, right? You obviously came here when you were hired months ago to rebuild, right? This team went 33-68 and over the last two seasons. Now, I'm not sure, you know, how much time you expected it to take, but the fact is coming in, it seemed like this team had a long way to go to get to relevancy in the Big Ten. You know, you've kind of thrown that narrative this season to the side, however, in your first year. You're sixth right now in the Big Ten, you know, uh, you'll achieve the program's first winning season since 2015. You clinched the Big Ten tournament bid. Yes, this team had talent during the year, but how has this team been as successful as they have been so far? You know, they've accomplished a great deal in just your first season on the banks. Why has this team been uh, been so successful so early in your tenure here?
0: Well, I you know, I can only accredit uh, the team and my coaching staff. Um, but, you know, the athletes from day one... Uh, showed such enthusiasm and willingness to work and have given me everything that I've asked of them um, again I, I believe I believe their talent uh, was kind of unexpected you know uh, what they had on paper last year wasn't their ability and so when i when we started in the fall I was very really surprised with Uh, their abilities, that uh, it it just wasn't showing on paper from last year. So we really just went to work and and tried to figure out how do we translate that um, to winning. And like I said, my my coaching staff has just done a phenomenal job behind the scenes, but also on the field with, you know, starting from, you know, the the pitching staff to um, our defensive play, our offensive play. My my coaches have just done a phenomenal job performing. Uh, I couldn't be more proud of, of the team as well.
1: So, you know, I looked back at your record in your first season at Toledo. You went 24 and 31 that year. You know, not the greatest record, but it was much improved from the years before you arrived there. I'm kind of asking you now to to really toot your own horn on this one, so to speak. But what do you and your staff do when first joining a program like you did at Toledo and like you're doing here at Rutgers that immediately gets a big jump of success? You know, it was a five game leap in your first year at Toledo, a six game leap so far in your first season here at Rutgers. How do you achieve such improvement so quickly? On in the process,
0: I think one of the big things that you know my that we try to really do is. Instill, you know, better work ethic uh, amongst the girls, but also just the knowledge of the game. You know, when I when I took over um, at Toledo, you know, that was, you know, a big piece to it was just really kind of teaching them a little bit more of the ins and the outs of the game, a little bit more game strategy, um, and then apply that to, you know, to working on your skills and improving your skill set. And you know, again, here at Rutgers. Uh, you know, the talent's there. You know, we actually have some, some really good talent, but how do we put that, you know, to, to work? And so we've, we've really tried to teach a lot more about the games. we really try to uh, do a lot more maybe film study and you know, scouting of opponents, uh, maybe than, than what they had been used to in the past. And so, you know, I'm all about, you know, knowledge is power, uh, you know, information helps you. And so that's one thing that we've really tried to to do this year with them is not only give them more information about themselves as a player and their skill set, but also information about opponents, so that we're walking into into a game a little bit more prepared.
1: So you know, watching the games this season, the biggest takeaway I've noticed has been this team's kind of never say die attitude throughout the year, right? Your team started one and eight in Big Ten play, but since you're eight and three. You know, the thing is, coach, a rebuilding program, nobody would have blamed you guys after that 1-8 and Big Ten start if the season continued down that road. But something, I think, clicked in that three-game series that you swept Penn State in Happy Valley. Did you kind of notice a change in demeanor, maybe a change in confidence? You know, what about that series and the games leading up to it kind of helped your team go on this run, ultimately resulting in a trip to the Big Ten tournament?
0: You know, I think anybody across the board, across the country, across the Big Ten, could look at our opening schedule of the Big Ten this year and say, holy cow, uh, you know, we, we open with Northwestern, uh, Michigan, and Ohio State, who are all ranked in the top 25, Michigan, and North, uh, I'm sorry, Northwestern, uh, yeah, and, uh, and Michigan both ranked in the top 15. so uh, right off the, the bat, you know, we knew it would be an uphill climb, regardless of if I'm in, you know, year three or four or year one. You know, you're facing a top ten program. Uh, you know, you got to come out guns and blazing. And so, uh, you know, right away we knew it was going to be tough. And, and the message to the team was to compete. And no matter who we're playing, if we're playing the top team in the country or, you know, the lowest team in the country, our, our goal is to just compete every game. And the message was, you know, hey, guys, if we can keep competing against, you know, these top 15 programs, what are we going to do against programs that are, you know, lesser than that? And we're eventually, you know, we're eventually going to get there. We're eventually going to get it. And, and that was the message was one game at a time. And, and just what can we do each game to improve on the last um, but, but like I said, it, it, it was a message to the team of we just got to compete, win or lose. And, you know, going into the Penn State series, uh, I believe we played Fordham earlier in the week. And we really just went to work that week. I, I remember we just really hit it halt on Tuesday before game on Wednesday and because uh, we were coming off in Ohio State. You know, we obviously took one from Ohio State, which was great. Uh, Competed for two games at at Ohio State, so the message was there that guys, if we if we do what we're supposed to do, you know you're going to win some games uh, that you're supposed to win. And so going into that Fordham game, I really felt like our confidence was there because we knew we had been doing some good things. We just pulled off a win against Ohio State, so really that Fordham win then took us into the Penn State series and. Um, you know we, we did
1: a great job there and look obviously you don't make the big 10 schedule it's given to you but even before that look you played texas a&m at college station uh they were ranked in the top 25 at the time you only lost uh by one run do you kind of appreciate and think that such a difficult schedule early on can really set you up uh for success later on the year like just like it has this year
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, that was that was really good. I mean, I think uh, we had a couple of opponents, you know, that were top 75 opponents, top 25 opponents. And, uh, again, just the same message is compete. You know, it's, it's you know, when you're, you got to have a great seventh inning. You know, you got to compete inning by inning. And and we knew going into the Texas A&M game that, um, again, if, uh, you know, our pitchers had a great game plan. Uh, we knew, went all their pictures through. We'd watch film. We'd watch seven, and we had a good game plan. And so, you know, after that, it's execute. And you know, against Texas a and we did a great job executing on offense. We just weren't able to pull through uh, defensively in the seventh inning. And what was really fun about that is uh, our first Big Ten win against Ohio State was the exact same situation we were in in the bottom of the seventh against Texas a and and in the te- in Texas a and our infield made two errors and we lose the game. Uh, at Ohio State, we uh, were in the exact same situation, is loaded, and we end up making the exact same place. Our shortstop segment. so it was really a great testament to our team and just a great message to the girls that hey, we're gonna get it. We keep persevering. We keep working on things, and we're gonna we're gonna succeed. And that's, you know, so it was the exact same situation at, at Ohio State that won a specialist conference. Meeting. So I think that's really kind
1: of when it started to click for the team. You, when you sat down with your staff before the season and really evaluated this team, you looked at what each player brings on and off the field, what their strengths and weaknesses were. You obviously made an initial judgment on kind of what you had to work with talent wise. Have there been any girls specifically that have really kind of surprised you and really, you know, taken that next step and improved from the first game to now to really help this team have such a su- uh, successful year? You know, Katie
0: Winger has done a phenomenal job. I, I really am happy with our freshman class. I think um, they've done a great job uh, really coming in, holding their home uh, with – you know, I uh, you know I can't say enough. But kind of the silent one is Aaliyah Moore. You know, she doesn't talk not feel about her as much as you do about Core Price in the circle and Katie Winger behind the plate. But Aaliyah has started every game for us at second base, and she's actually been one of our top two hitters in conference play for our team um, average-wise. And I'm just really happy with with our freshman, uh, to be honest. Um, you know, and outside of that, I, I just really, you know, Jess Hughes has just done a phenomenal job for us at the top of the order. She's a senior. Um, We knew uh, that Jess was going to be returning as a top player, Uh, but what Jess has really done this year is her fielding percentage has just increased a ton. Uh, She's made, I think, almost less than half of the year. She made last year shortstop, and her batting average has increased, and her power numbers have almost doubled since last year. So she's really done a great job for us at the top of the order. And then the the other one I could say is, you know, Nissa Iliopoulos, um, again, I think her she's gotten almost 100 points higher than what she did last year. She's just mutually been, I would say, a true utility player this year. I think we've put her on, you know, in, in about four or five different positions across the field at some point or another throughout the season, and uh, day in day out, she hits for us no matter where she is on the field. So those are the ones that I that I've really just you know. I think have kind of stepped out of their shell and just have really improved, even from day one in the season
1: till now. And, you know, you brought up Jess Hughes. She's at the top of your lineup. You brought her up for fielding. Looking at her hitting-wise, you know, a four fifty-six on on-base percentage. She scored over 40 runs this year, stolen over 20 bases. You know, she has even shown at times some pop to her bat. I think she has, like, seven or eight home runs. She seems to get on base basically every time she comes to the plate and really has shown to be a real threat, of course, when she gets on to base. What does her presence leading off do for the rest of that lineup? And how, as a senior, has she really helped to jumpstart not only the offense but the team as a whole this year, especially during this very successful uh, stretch—the last eleven or twelve games?
0: Well, you know, I I really think you know she's the heart for the team, and you know, and Jess and I talked about this all the time. You know, there's different types types of leaders uh, on a team. You know, you got your vocal leaders, you got you know your your leaders by, by actions and just the word traffic But for me, Jess is Jeff is our emotional leader. And what I mean by that is, you know, her her speed, the top of the order. When she gets a hit, her enthusiasm, her excitement, um, even if she doesn't get a hit, the way she comes back in the dugout and talks to our team and fires them up um and just communicating them with what she saw. And defense, you know, she's the loudest one in the middle of the infield um, talking to our pitchers and things. So I've, what I've been excited with her is she's just really been our remote home leader this year for us and uh, is really kind of one of the heartbeats to this team.
1: And, you know, you have Katie Wingert as well. She's towards the top of the Big Ten in home run runs with 15, you know, leads her team by a wide margin. You certainly know what the home run ball can do for a team. You hit 17 back in 2006. And like you as well, Katie balances the rotation behind the plate. How much have you seen her grow and improve this year and really develop as your team's best power hitter and, and as your team's leader behind the plate?
0: She's done a great job. You know, I, I think Katie has all the tools uh, to be a phenomenal player, and what I've seen out of Katie this year is just her maturity, her willingness to grow, her willingness to work. Uh, you know, she's I, I've said this before, but you know, she's a cage rat. She she's in the cages at night working on her swing, and and uh you know, she takes pride in throwing runners out. You know, not letting runners steal on her, um, and we've really worked on it and, and worked on different things, and so. What I can appreciate about Katie is, you know, her, her individual skill set is what makes a top player.
1: So, you know, I think the most important aspect of this turnaround has been the improved pitching and overall defense. You look at the last 11 conference games for your team, as I mentioned, a streak which you've gone 8-3. and three, You know, you've given up three runs or less eight times. And the fact is, you're able to keep the opponent off the board and your offense has been able to get enough across to win. How happy have you been with your pitching staff and ultimately the defense behind them over the last uh, half month?
0: You know, very, very happy. You know, core uh, Price and Whitney Jones have just done a great job for us. And, you know, that's our, that's our biggest, uh, you know, thing that we talk to our pitchers about is keep us in the ball game, and we talk about what that looks like you know four or less teaching a ballgame because four is one swing right on a grand slam so we really just say you know keep us in the ballgame pitchers you know and there might be games like you're giving up six or seven if our you know but our, but our off you know if our offenses is swinging it that day that's what you got to keep us within four so uh, you know, for them, they—they've really bought into that. You know, and and they—they they both know they're not high strikeout pitchers. So, so we know defense has to work. Um, our defense, and they've just worked hard for them. I mean, we've had so many just diving plays and. Um, turning double plays and, and like a behind the plate throw runners out trying to steal. Our defense has just done a phenomenal job for our pitchers and they're giving us a chance and, and that's what we ask our pitchers is give us a chance to play for you keep us in a ball game and, you know, I would say for the most part, they're doing a great job of
1: that. You know, there's a common cliche that coaches learn during the season, just as much as the players do. You know, you came from a different conference at Toledo. Uh, you obviously came from a different conference when you played at Florida. You're new to the Big Ten, you know, through this season and the roller coaster that it has been. Are there a couple things you've learned about coaching and playing in the Big Ten conference? You know, things that maybe only come with experience per se, uh, per se things that uh, you can't really prepare for prior to the season.
0: Sure. I mean, the Big Ten is is, super competitive. Um, You know, as you look at the schedule, uh, one through 14, uh, the teams, you know, all 20 plus one teams, um, everybody has at least one solid pitcher uh, that you really got to prepare for that's going to get the fits. And, uh, you know, that's coming from, you know, maybe the conference I was at previous. you know that maybe always wasn't the case, but the thing I you know to say also is in the Big Ten, you know just they're very athletic, you know very athletic all the players, you know they wouldn't be here if they weren't. So uh, you you gotta work for your win. Like, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a very many handouts, and so you really gotta work for your win, and you can't take one game for granted, and. Um, you know, there's not uh, those throwaway games or, or kind of those midweek games that you can just kind of, you know, put some kids in there, uh, you've got to really work for them. Uh, you know, the coaches amongst the Big Ten have just been, you know, they've, it's, it's one of those things that have been more to to the new person, which is me, to the, to the new girl. But, you know, when you get on the field, you're on the field of your competitors. And it's a great message we, you know that's obviously what we're asking our, our girls to do is to compete. And so it's it has definitely been fun. It's been uh, exciting. You know we got a great team in Michigan State. Uh, come to Thomas weekend, senior weekend for us. Um, you know and, and we got a tough road. We we got a you know we can't look to the Big Ten tournament yet because we still got we L.A. got Brooklyn tomorrow, and, and then we've got Michigan State this weekend. So uh, we still got business to take care of.
1: Coach, a couple more before I let you go. You know, looking back at the goals and expectations that were set by people outside the program before the season, they've obviously changed as the year has progressed. You know, they've risen as they should. Then, at the beginning, it was more about building a culture, increasing the competitiveness. Now that the team has clinched the trip to the Big Ten tournament, expectations uh, for them or for your squad are to, you know, hold that six seed uh, to advance and to potentially make a run to the title. You know, as a coach coming into a rebuilding program when you were hired, how have your expectations adjusted as the season went on and the success grew? Or you know, has what's happening right now kind of always been your expectations in in year one here at Rutgers?
0: I think so. Uh, you know, my, my personal goals uh, were you know to get to the Big Ten tournament, to qualify for it, uh, and then put ourselves in a position to be eligible for the postseason. and Uh, You know, I I, I think as as anybody, that's always kind of the expectation. And, um, you know, realistically, sometimes that can happen and sometimes it can't. Uh, But again, you know, this fall when I got the team, uh, I knew what we had. You know, like I said, I knew we were talented enough to to absolutely make the tournament. Uh, You know, all the goals we have is to have a 31 season, and that's still within our reach. To finish above 500, that's within our reach uh and to make it to the Big Ten tournament which we're doing uh but not only to get there but but let's let's uh, make a run for it you know if we're going to be there we might as well go and win it um and so you know there's two types of teams there's teams that are just happy to be there and then there's teams that are there to win it and we want to be the team that's there to win it not just happy to be there so we've got a lot of things still ahead of us uh goal-wise uh you know that we that the girls have their you know eyes set on and uh, the The opportunity to play in the postseason is still is still there, and that's what we're fighting for.
1: Last one, Coach. You know, we talked how this team has kind of surprised a lot of people, and I'm sure surprised some fellow Big Ten opponents. You know, they've played the role of underdog, I think, outperforming the original expectations. Now having clinched a Big Ten tournament spot and currently sitting in sixth, that underdog role that Rutgers has played very well, uh, you know, it may wear off. This team now goes from underdogs to favorites, and, and with it obviously comes added pressure. What is kind of the team's mindset going into the end of the season and the Big Ten tournament, and how has the team adjusted from being an underdog maybe at the beginning of the year to now a team that is a favorite, expected to go out to perform and of course to win?
0: Well, you know that's that's a fun question because we we actually talked about that this weekend um, and just what do we do? You know what it, it, do we have? A, you know sometimes people not only have a fear of failure, but they they sometimes have a fear of success. You know, what do you do when you succeed? How do you keep succeeding? And we really did, uh, you know, had that conversation and helped that as a team of of some things that we can do uh, as a team to really help that mindset better uh, to continue to succeed, that we don't fall into a lull or we don't, uh, you know, fall into the trap of playing not to lose you know that we're still playing to win and so uh you know we actually did have that conversation and you know i would say if you kind of look at our weekend our team really responded uh well uh sunday to that Uh, we had that conversation kind of after friday and saturday's games against indiana and just um you know where we were as a team we recognized we recognized where we were as a team and what we needed to do and you know, where, where are our sites? What what are we, what are we trying to accomplish? What are, you know, we still have goals that we're trying to take care of and how do we do that? How do we not play safe? And, um, so yeah, so we've actually talked about that of not having a fear of failure or a fear of success.
1: Rutgers has three conference games left against Michigan state as they fight to stay as the sixth seed in the big 10 tournament. They take on the Spartans this coming Friday through Sunday at home in Piscataway coach. Thanks so much for coming on. Good luck the rest of the way. And of course we wish you and the program all the best in Bloomington in a little over a week for the big 10 tournament.
0: Thank you so much. And always uh, excited to be on the podcast and excited to be here on the
1: banks. I want to thank coach Butler for coming on the podcast and of course wish her and the softball team all the luck going into the final three games of the season against Michigan State at home, and then into Bloomington for the Big Ten tournament. This season, this team has been so much fun. They really have shown a true resiliency. You know, I mentioned it. They started the Big Ten season 1-8, and eight, and look, they are in year one of a rebuild. No one would have blamed them if they weren't able to rebound from that slow start. But they have and have gone eight and three in their last 11 big 10 games and have clinched a spot in the big 10 tournament they've done it with power pitching timely hitting and a never say die attitude they've done it in the field cleaning up some of the errors that plagued them earlier on it'll be fun to watch them in bloomington you know they're really playing as they have been over the stretch with house money no pressure Not many people expected this much success for them this early in the Kristen Butler era, and I am sure a few people outside of Rutgers may think that they can't keep it up. But one thing this team has shown is that when they are doubted, when the going gets tough, they rise to the occasion. I think they have the potential to really make a run in Bloomington. Sure, Ohio State, Michigan, Northwestern, Minnesota, and others may come their way, But they are a different team now than they were at the beginning of the year. They're more confident. They play with that certain type of swagger you need to win. And they have really hit their stride. They've established themselves as the season has gone on as a team that can really compete and do damage in the Big Ten.